0: Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you that you are the cornerstone, and upon you and your truth, all of life can be built, even our individual, personal lives. Father, today, by your word, block by block, brick by brick, truth by truth, Father, build us up. We ask for that, in Jesus' name, amen. If you, were, if you would, turn to the... Old Testament Minor Prophet Micah. We took off last week because it was Bible Translation Sunday, but we've been in the Minor Prophets for uh, several weeks now. We've been through Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, spent several weeks in Jonah, and today we will begin Micah. I want to remind you that the Minor Prophets are not minor because of their importance, but rather just because their brevity. They are not very long. The prophets are the people that God gave a message to and told them to go tell it to the people. So God gives a message to a prophet, and the prophet goes and tells it to the people that God tells to give it to. That's what a prophet does. And we have lots of prophets in the Old Testament, and some of the books are really long, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. We call those major prophets simply because they're so long. But then we have others that are minor because they're not very long, and Micah is another one of those. You're going to like... Micah. It um, seems to have three cycles in it, and I'm going to show you that here in just a little bit. So we're going to have at least three sermons from Micah in which we look back to seeing the same thing. The message today, though, beginning in chapter 1, and we'll go through chapters 1 and 2 today, is titled, Here, Pay Attention. Some of the most embarrassing moments of my life have been where I have been Confronted with being a bad listener. I don't know if you're a good listener or not. I don't know if you follow instructions well. I don't know if those if those who instruct you have to tell you multiple times to the point of being frustrated. But when you are absolutely confronted by a coach or an employer or a spouse that you aren't listening, it's embarrassing. And it's shameful. And that's happened to me many times in my life to make it a little bit um, less heavy. It seems like weekly, Val says she told me something and I know she didn't. Or at least I thought she didn't, right? I wasn't listening or something like that. And that's serious if somebody's communicated something of uh, importance to you and you've not heard it you've not followed through, you've not listened. Well, how much more serious when God has spoken? Now, we love to make the excuse that I didn't know. Nobody ever told me. I didn't hear you say that. That cannot be the excuse with God, for God has spoken, and we know that he has, and we know that it is our responsibility to listen to him. Well, in the book of Micah, God is saying this to them. Look at chapter 1, verse 2. Hear, you peoples, all of you, pay attention. Does everybody see that? All right, well, turn to chapter 3. Turn over to chapter 3. Look what it says there at the beginning. And I said, hear you heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, hear. Turn over to chapter 6. Hear what the Lord says. Does everybody see that? I said... I said earlier that Micah is going to show us three cycles. We're going to look at one and two, then we're going to look at three, four, and five, and then we're going to look at six and seven in the the book of Micah, and all of them are going to begin with God saying to his people, hear me, listen to me, pay attention, If what we just read in our scripture reading that Josh Womble read in the very ending words uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says, everyone then who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house and his life on a foundation, the rock. But everyone who hears the words of mine and does not do them is a foolish person. If that is true, then you and I here today are on the brink of the weightiness of the trajectory of our lives. The direction of our lives. Will we hear God or will we not? Are we hearers of the truth? This is what Micah brings to the people of Israel. Now you study the book of Micah and you see that he is mostly addressing the southern kingdom Judah. But he also addresses throughout here the northern kingdom as well. This is coming right before the Assyrians take over the northern kingdom. Micah is prophesying during this time. I want to give you three points today. Number one, hear. Number two, halt. Number three, hope. Hear, halt, and hope. Let's begin reading at chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresheth, in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Again, a prophet gets the message from God, and he goes and delivers it. In verse 2, he begins with the message, and it is, hear you people's All of you. Pay attention, O earth, and all that is in it, and let the Lord God be a witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. God has a message for the people of Judah. And as long as we have the Word of God, God has a message for us. And as long as we study the Word of God, we know that God wants us to continually be sharing His message. And so I want to ask you today, what type of a hearer are you? Why are you here today? Are you here today that you might hear from the word of God, that you may be strengthened in your faith, that your life may be addressed, that God would call you to believe and call you to repentance, that God would further align your life with faithfulness to him, that your life would grow in obedience to God and worship to him because you love him so, because you are so strong in believing that Jesus died for your sins. Are you here today to hear those truths and to grow in them? What type of a hearer are you? I want to remind you that this is not just a particular message that God speaks through Micah to the people of Judah, but this is a message that we find all throughout Scripture. Let me hit just a couple of the biggest ones. Perhaps you're familiar with Deuteronomy 6 and the Shema. It says this, Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. God is emphasizing the importance that loving God is the greatest commandment. This is our number one priority in all of our lives for everybody that is in our life, that we would emphasize loving God. And he begins that with, hear, listen. Perhaps you're familiar with the great passage in Romans 10, It talks about the need to go and how can people hear if nobody goes to preach to them and how can people go and preach if nobody sends them and that concluding verse in Romans 10, 17 makes crystal clear for us that faith comes through hearing. It is not so much reading the Bible that will grow your faith but rather hearing the truth of the Bible will be the means that the Holy Spirit uses to cause your heart to believe. You familiar with the, the parable of the soils? This one is in, is in the Gospels. This is the one where Jesus describes that a person's heart or people's hearts are like four different types of soils. You remember this one? There's the, there's the hard path. And he says that the the word of God, the preaching of the word of God comes and lands on the hard path. But because the path is hard, the seed, which is the word, uh, never grows. And a bird comes and grabs the seed and it's gone. And you see the hearer heard the word but nothing ever happened with it. And then he says there's there's another one and the seed comes and falls on it. But the thorns and the weeds... Grow up around it. And the seed starts to grow, but before long the the thorns and the seeds grow up around it. And choke it out. And then there's another one where the where the seed comes and the, the hearers hear the word of God and it falls on the soil and it grows for a little bit, but there was no root. And since there was no root, it didn't last. And then Jesus says, Well, there's another soil. That gets the seed and receives it well. The root sinks deep down. And it grows into a fruitful plant. Jesus describing four different types of soil that that receive a a seed that is sown. Is talking about four different types of people. Or four different hearts in people that receive the word of God. And in Jesus' parable only 25% of the people that hear the word of God actually hear the word of God. Only 25% in that parable, now that's not a true statistic, but in this parable, only one out of four of the people that actually hear the word of God are taking the message that they hear, thinking about it, it's being applied to their lives, and now their lives are being shaped through it. What type of a hearer are you? Do you forget something just about as soon as you've heard it? Do you remember what Jonah was about? Do you remember why Jonah was fleeing remember what happened with the big fish? Do you remember those type of things? Is the word of God taking root in your life? Do you remember what the Bible teaches us about forgiveness? Do you remember that the Bible teaches us that the people of God are to be the most humble people because we are most aware of our sinfulness before God? Do you remember that God loves you with an everlasting love and that as long as Christ's blood washed away your sins, you will always be safe in God? Do you remember those things? Have you been built upon that? What type of a hearer are you? We start noticing this, that this idea of hearing is throughout all of Scripture. It causes us to think, I want to be a good hearer. I want to be someone who is a hearer of the word of God. Do you remember as you've read the Proverbs, time after time in the Proverbs, it says, listen to me, listen to me? Then the Proverbs would warn, the Proverbs would warn, don't listen to them. What type of a hearer are you? I want to ask you here today, can you hear? Do you leave out of church and think, "I, I don't, I didn't get anything out of it? Can you hear? I'm gonna ask you today, do you want to hear? Does your heart want to hear the truth of the Word of God? Are you desiring to be shaped by the truth of the Word of God? Are you humble enough in your honesty before God that you're not who you, uh, God is making you to be yet? You are that work in progress, and so you're wanting God's Word to go to work on you some more, molding you some more, exposing in you the sin in your heart and the sin in your life that God may mold you more into the likeness of Christ. Are you wanting that to happen? Are you aware that God wants to grow us in His likeness, that we would be holy? And so you are desiring that the truth of the Word of God would go to work on you? In your hearing, is all of that wrapped up? Or do you take on the attitude of, I don't really want to hear it? One pastor says, hearing is huge. He says, I believe with all my heart that I'm called to preach the word of God and many of you are called to teach it as well. But this passage is about another great calling, the calling to hear the word of God. And that is no small thing. The stakes are very high. There is a hearing that barely gets started and the word is gone before you get out the door. There is a hearing that lasts until there is a hard time in life and then one turns from God to other messages that we would rather listen to. There is a hearing that flourishes until the riches and pleasures of this life choke it off. And there is a hearing, listen to me, that defeats the devil endures trials, scorns riches, and there is a hearing that bears fruit unto eternal life, and that is the hearing that we want. Let's ask God for it. And the quote now is from Psalm 40, verse 6, that says, God opens his ear to hear, sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired, but my ears you have opened. The Bible teaches us that for us to be faithful in believing and trusting in God, that faith is fueled by hearing the Word of God. There is a direct correlation between us desiring to hear the Word of God, the Word of God coming into us, and creating faith in us. One might say that our faith is being starved as we are not hearing the Word of God. J.I. Packer says that our desire for God is directly proportional with our desire for scripture. For we understand God through his word. Are you a hearer of the word of God? Micah begins chapter one with hear, listen, pay attention. Oftentimes with my children, I will see them doing something that they shouldn't be doing. So I stop them and I call them to the side and I said, hey, don't do that. I don't want you to do that. We shouldn't be doing that. Let's let's not do that anymore. Do you understand? Yes, sir. I turn around, and within just a few minutes, they're back doing it again. So at that point, I'm starting to get frustrated, and I pull them to the side, and I said, did you not hear me? What am I meaning when I say, did you not hear me? Because they heard me, But did they hear me? The word of God wants to bring us to the place where you and I are not proud of ourselves that we were here today. Or not proud of ourselves that we uh, have a connection to some of the things of God. But rather that we would be people who hear, receive, process the word of God so that we are strengthened in the word of God. So that as we are learning truths of God, the ways of God, the priorities of God, the commitments of God, the things that God is about, the ways that God expects us to live, when we understand those things, we are now growing in them. That it is the ways of God and the truths of God that are shaping our lives. But that comes through hearing. And Micah in chapter 1 and chapter 3 and chapter 6 addresses with, listen, church, may God give us grace that we would become better hearers. That we would be those who long to hear the Word of God. We want to be preached to. We want the Word of God to come into us. We want our faith to be strengthened. Well, Micah here certainly has a message for them. Number one, they are to hear, number two, they are to halt. God's message to the people of Judah is that they are wrong and that judgment is coming. To be totally honest, his message isn't really to halt. The message to us is that we should halt. We should stop what we're doing and turn away from our sins before judgment and destruction comes. But for them, the message is, it's coming. I use halt more for us than I do for Micah to them. The message to them is that destruction is coming. The people of God had so turned away from God... The Assyrians are gradually taken over. Pagan gods have been incorporated into everything that they're doing. Their worship for God is not sincere. It's not based off his truth. And they are living, listen to me, they are living in a way that their lives are prospering in a worldly way and their concern for God is slowly becoming less and less and less. You could hardly tell a difference. Between the people of God and the people who don't know God. There was hardly a difference. And so God is telling them that the judgment is coming. Look at verse 3. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth and the mountains will melt under him and the valleys will split open like wax before the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. You know God is upset with them. They're not living in a way that honors and pleases Him. And they need to hear that. They need to hear that they are now wrong against God. Verse 5, all this is for the transgression of Jacob and for the sins. Does everybody see that? For the sins of the house of Israel. Let's make crystal clear, you need to know this. The very thing that honors God is our sins that are against God. The very thing that uh, upsets God are our sins that are against God. The very thing that angers God are our sins that are against God. When we are not listening to God in His ways, and we are rebelling against God, then God is upset by that. We see that here, and this is what Micah's message is. If you are living in a way that is not for God, if you do not love God, if you're not trusting in Christ, if you're not seeking to live for Him, then you need to hear today, you need to halt You need to stop that way. You need to turn your life toward God. Ask God for the forgiveness of sins. Trust in Jesus who died for you and be forgiven. The message of God is that God does punish sin. And we need to halt if we are in the danger of being punished by God. Verse 6, Therefore, I will make Samaria a heap in the open country a place for planting vineyards. I will pour down her stones into the valley and uncover her foundations. All her carved images shall be beaten to pieces. All her wages shall be burned with fire. And all her idols I will lay waste. For from the fee of a prostitute she gathered them, and to the fee of a prostitute they shall return. God will not stand for these people to not live for Him. He will come to destroy them. This is the message that God is sending to them. Now, some of you may be here today thinking, wow, that is such a strong message. God sounds like a mean God, but I want to remind you, as we have seen time and time again in the mind of prophets, remember we've been here, that it is God's method of using confrontation, the preaching and calling out of sin to get you to turn back to him. The goal of God's preaching is that you would return to him. The goal of accountability is restoration. The goal of discipline is correction. And I think that you know this, but you need to know this. Do you remember what God's message was to Nineveh in the book of Jonah? Do you remember the message that Jonah preached to Nineveh that caused the entire ungodly nation, including the king on his throne, to turn to God? Do you remember that? Forty days and God's about to destroy it all. That was the message. The Bible says that's the only message that Jonah said. And God used that very message, which one who doesn't understand the heart of God could misunderstand. And say, that just sounds mean or not consistent or I don't like that type of a God. God uses that calling out strong message to get you to see that you're wrong and say, I need to turn. Just like a mother that corrects you, it often hurts you more that you've disappointed your mother or disobeyed your mother or let your mother down than the discipline or the whooping or the grounding or whatever it is does. So it is with the people of God. It bothers us most that we have not lived for God. We have not lived in His ways. And so when God brings it to our attention, the message we need to hear is halt. You need to stop doing that. God's not pleased with that way of life. And so we should be people who want to hear the word of God, hear the ways of God, so that our lives can be brought back into alignment with Him. If there be any way in us that is not pleasing to God, we should desire that to be brought to our attention. So that our lives would get back focused on God. This is what Micah is preaching to them. Verse 8, For this I will lament and wail. I will go stripped and naked. I will make lamentation like the jackals and mourning like the ostriches. For her wound is incurable and it has come to Judah. It has reached to the gate of my people to Jerusalem." Tell it not in Gath, weep not at all, in Bethlehephrah, roll yourselves in the dust, pass on your way, inhabitants of Shafir, in nakedness and shame, the inhabitants of Zenon do not come out, the lamentation of Beth Bethazel shall take away from you its standing place, for the inhabitants of Morah wait anxiously for good, because disaster has come down from the Lord to the gate of Jerusalem. What Micah is saying to this here is this should bother you. This should bother you that I'm bringing to your attention that God is mad at you, God is upset with you, God is angered at you, you're living in a way that God doesn't like and if you really did love God like you're claiming to, that would bother you. But your response to your sin will be the clear sign that you're not really bothered by your sin. And if you're not bothered by your sin, then you don't have an affection for God. You don't love God if you're okay with your sins. And when you are a lover of God, then your sins will bother you, especially As if God exposes you to how much your sins bother Him. We know this. To hurt your spouse often will bring more pain to you because you don't want to hurt your spouse. To hurt your children often will bring more upset to you, make you more upset because you don't want to hurt your children. And how much more with God? Micah is preaching this to them. Verse 13, Harness the steeds to the chariots, inhabitants of Lachish. It was the beginning of sin to the daughter of Zion, for in you were found the transgressions of Israel. Therefore you shall give parting gifts to Morsheth God. The houses of Achzib shall be a deceitful thing to the kings of Israel. I will again bring you a conqueror to you. Inhabitants of Marsha. the glory of Israel shall come to Adilam. Make yourselves bald and cut off your hair for the children of your delight. Make yourselves as bald as the eagle for they shall go from you into exile. Destruction is coming. Another nation is coming to destroy you. Why? Because they had forgotten God. God is their deliverer. God is their king. God is their God. God is the one who rescues them, saves them, provides for them, cares for them. God loves them. He will never let them down. He has promised them time and time again that he will never leave them or forsake them. And yet now, they don't want to live for God. They want to live their way. In chapter 2, he gets more specific here to what their sins are. He begins chapter 2 with, Woe to those Who devise wickedness and work evil on their beds. Woe is another way of saying halt. This is so bad. This is so bad. The people of God wicked. The people of God evil. When the the morning dawns they perform it because it is in the power of their hand. They covet fields and seize them. Houses and take them away. They oppress a man in his house. A man in his inheritance. Oppression not being fair and right and just in their dealings. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Abuse is happening. Verse 3, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, against this family I am devising disaster from which you cannot remove your necks and you shall not walk haughtily for it will be a time of disaster. In that day in that day, they shall take up a taunt song against you and moan bitterly and say, We are utterly ruined. He changes the portion of my people. How he removes it from me. To an apostate he allots our fields, therefore you will have none to cast the line by lot in the assembly of the Lord. God is going to destroy them because they have turned away from God. And God is going to make sure they understand that God is the one who has done this. They've not been right in their dealings. They've not been honest in their ways. They have sought out the prosperity that they want, the worldly prosperity. And they have been okay with that. Now God speaks to it. Verse 6 becomes even more specific. Do not preach, thus they preach. One should not preach of such things. Disgrace will not overtake us. They're so arrogant in their ways. They're so sure that the way they're living is right without God, ignoring God, not listening to God, that their message now comes back to the prophet or the prophets and says, don't preach that to us surely that's not us Degrace, disgrace is not going to overtake us we're not the ones that God's going to destroy we're not the ones that God is against we're good people and we know what we're doing and we are not in the wrong and thus they preach do not preach to us oh the attitude that there is so often among the people of God don't preach to me The message of the Word of God is I need more preaching too. I should first preach to myself, then I should allow you all to preach to me. I should be involved in a church where they're going to preach to me. Preach the Word of God to me. Preach the Word of God to me. Preach the Word of God to me. If you have children and grandchildren in your life, you have one responsibility that is bigger than every other responsibility in your life. Preach the Word of God to them it is the attitude of those who want to stay in their own goodness, don't preach to me. And every one of us can probably relate to saying that at some point in our life or having people in our households who are saying that to us, don't preach to me. Can we just admit here today that in the book of Micah, the people who are saying don't preach to me are the people who don't believe in God and don't want somebody to tell them to believe in God. It's the people who aren't living God's way and they don't want anybody to tell them you need to be living God's way. Church, that should not be us and the way that becomes us. And I'm not talking about the people in your lives that say don't preach to me. I'm talking about us. We are to be the people who want to be preached to. We're the people who want the word of God in our lives, whether it's good for us, whether it's hard for us, whether it's heavy for us, whether it smacks us in the face, steps on our toes, brings conviction to our lives. That's what we desire because we don't desire to save face. We don't desire to hold up our posterity. We desire to be humble before God. We desire to love God. And that comes through hearing. And when we hear the word of God, we should hear we need to halt in our wrong ways. Their very message is do not preach to us. That's not going to happen to us. Verse 7, should this be said, O house of Jacob, has the Lord grown impatient? Are these his deeds? Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? Look at that. Aren't my words good for you? How dare you say don't preach them to me? Imagine. Verse 7, do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly isn't the word of God what gives us life on Wednesday nights we've been looking at Psalm 119 and the importance of the word of God we've seen now multiple places in Psalm 119 where it says your words give me life your words give me sight your words give me purpose God recalls that to them here verse 8 but lately my people have risen up as an enemy imagine the people of God an enemy to God So it is when we are not submissive to the Word of God. So it is when we are not eyes on the truth, or we are not followers of the truth, and we are not humbled in our need for grace and our need for Jesus. So it is. Verse 8, you strip the rich robe from those who pass by trustingly with no thought of war. The women of my people you drive out from their delightful houses, from their young children you take away my splendor forever. Arise and go For this is no place to rest because of uncleanness that destroys with a grievous destruction. If a man, listen to this verse. If a man should go about and utter wind and lies saying, I will preach to you of wine and strong drink, he would be the preacher for this people. Wow. The New Testament warns us Of a coming day, no doubt, that we're living in. Where we will go and find a preaching that will tell us what we want to hear. That will tell us that we're fine. That we're okay. We don't need to change. Everybody's okay. In their prosperity, he says, if there is a preacher out there who all he does is utter wind and lies. Just imagine preaching that is just windy. Just a bunch of air coming out of the mouth, and lies. And if that preacher said things about wine and strong drink and that's all he talked about, then they would love that preacher. He would be a good preacher for you guys, Micah says. But we know better than that. We know that the answer to life is the Lord Jesus Christ who loves us in such a way That went to the cross for us. And while we were this way. He died for us. That he would make us not this way. That in Jesus dying on the cross from us, he was ransoming a people for God. He was taking a people for God and bringing them to God. And we are those people ransomed when we believe in faith. And as we believe in God and trust in him and turn away from our sins, when we submit ourselves to God and say, Jesus, I believe you. I know you love me. I know you forgive me. When that happens, everything about us changes in which now we want every bit of our lives to be shaped and conformed by God's making us more and more of a believer, making us a stronger believer. And so we love the preaching that causes us to halt. We love the preaching of the Word of God that causes us to hear the truth and listen. We are honest enough about our sins that we're not perfect, that we're not complete yet. We're on our way. We're in the process. That great passage in 2 Timothy 3 says that the scripture is inspired and that the purpose of the scripture is to make the man or woman of God complete. Or the Philippians 1.6 that says, I'm confident of this very thing, that the God who began a good work in you will bring it to completion At the day of Jesus Christ. What is the means that God uses to make us more like him? Hearing of the word of God. Receiving of the word of God. Being corrected by the word of God. Meaning we are encouraged in the right direction. And we are discouraged from the wrong direction. We are encouraged in the ways of God and we are discouraged from our ways that are against God. To go back to Jesus' conclusion in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, we are warned to not be the foolish man. We are warned to not be the hard-hearted or the hard-headed or we are warned to not be the person whose eyes are blinded or the ears are clogged up. We want to be the person that hears. You and I can rightly conclude That in verse 2, when he says, Hear you peoples, all of you pay attention, that we hope they do. We hope they do. We want them to. And so it is when we show up here today. Oh God, would you cause us to believe? Would you give us ears to hear? When Jesus gives the parable of the soils I've already talked about, I don't want to be the one that is so hard that by the time I have lunch today, I'm already not being affected by the Word of God. I don't want to be the one who half-heartedly acts like I've been impacted by the truth of the Word of God today, but just give me a few hours or a few days and you'll notice there wasn't really a root there, and I'll be back to my old ways not impacted by the Word of God. I don't want to be the person whose life is so uh, such a mess and, and so stressed out that when the going gets tough, I'll abandon the ways of God and I'll go back to the way I was raised or I'll go back to the way all my peers are and I'll start to trust in things that don't hold tight, that don't give support, that don't lead to God. But instead, I want to be the one that receives it. Well, receiving it is often halt as it is here for the people of Judah coming from the prophet. Micah. Verse twelve. I mean, verse eleven. If a man should go about and utter wind and lies, saying, "I will preach to you of wine and strong drink," he would be the preacher for this people. We need to hear. We need to halt. But then, lastly, we need to have hope. The preaching of the word of God always gives. Even in this message of destruction that Micah is going to do in three cycles, again, one and two, three, four and five, and six and seven, even in this cycle that we have coming uh, through, through Micah, in every cycle, he ends it with hope. Look at verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will gather the remnant of Israel. I will set them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture, a noisy multitude of men. He who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass the gate, going out by it. The king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. The prophets often do this to us. They leave you and I going, okay, well, which one is it, God? Is God preaching destruction to them because of their disobedience? Or is God preaching hope to them because he has a remnant? The answer is absolutely both. You need to be a hearer to get this. This is not the first prophet that we've studied, and the message is almost always like this in the prophet's. We saw this in Hosea, we saw this in Joel, we saw this in in Amos, we saw this in Obadiah, we've seen this in all the minor prophets. That while God is preaching the message of destruction to them, there is a hope there that he will save out his people. The difference is, who's going to hear the message? Who's going to halt from their ways of destruction? Who's going to hope in his love? This word remnant is a huge word in the Old Testament. God is teaching us that while the whole of his people, his physical people, have turned away from him, God is going to preserve a certain people who are trusting in him. The first two chapters, Micah's passage is destruction. His message is God is coming, and God is angry, and that's going to happen. And for many of them, that is what happened. But since there is a message of hope from God, those who will turn to Him and turn from their evil ways can be safe, can be forgiven, can be saved. And what we find as we continue reading the Old Testament and we certainly move into the New Testament is that yes, there were. There were people in the midst of the whole nation of Israel and the whole nation of Judah who were godless and were not listening to God and destruction came but in the midst of those people there were some saying, oh God, have mercy on us. Oh God, forgive us. Oh God, remember your promises. God, you said early on that you were creating a people that you would change their hearts and you would cause them to love you and you would give them faith and you would make them righteous. God, you promised that to Abraham and you promised that to isaac and you promised that to jacob and you told us you were creating a people by your grace by your mercy for your name god please let that be me forgive me of my sins and those people are the remnant those who hear the word of god halt from their ways turn to god for forgiveness and hope in him and the message of micah shows us that now this is just the first cycle we're going to go through it again well not next week because it's homecoming but in two weeks We will see that this is what's happening. So the message you and I need to hear today is people are often, often, often turning away from God. Even people who claim to be believers in God aren't really listeners to God and the message for them is that God is coming to judge us. But whoever hears that message and turns from his ways and looks to Jesus, will be saved. There is hope for any that will turn to Christ. Salvation is in him. You can be right with God. You can be forgiven of your sins, regardless of all that is going on around you. Hope in him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the book of Micah, for the importance of hearing The message that we need to halt from our sins and hope in you. Father, thank you that you have a remnant in which you are gathering a people that you will be there at the head. You will be their identity. You will lead them. God, even a a, a wicked and, and people deserving of destruction that you will shower your grace and mercy upon, cause them to turn from their sins, be honest about their waywardness and turn to you for forgiveness. Father, make us a church that listens, that hears. Make it in our DNA, our spiritual DNA, God, that we want to be those who hear the word of God. Oh, God, guard us from being foolish. God, work in our hearts now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.